0: You're listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast on the 5x5 Network.
1: You're listening to Episode 270, and I'm your host, Brittany Martin. Ken Collins is a staff engineer at Custom Eek focusing on DevOps and e-commerce architecture and emerging opportunities. He lives near Norfolk, Virginia and organizes the area's Ruby user group. He's the previous author of the SQL Server Adapter for Active Record. He is a huge mini test and Rails simple solutions advocate. Welcome to the show, Ken.
0: Thank you very much for having me, Brittany. How are you doing?
1: Oh, I'm doing quite well. I'm so thrilled to have you.
0: Great. Also, we pronounce it as Norfolk, so it's no L in there, it's just Norfolk.
1: Oh, noted okay <laughs> I'm already being educated and we're just at the top of the episode <laughs> so Ken can you please tell us the tale of how you became a developer
0: well let's see I've uh, had a long career that mostly started off in advertising and design uh, I'd say I'm about 10 years into my programming career now but that was only after maybe a short stint as a marketing director at an e-commerce company and um Yeah, I think uh, I love programming. I love being empowered to come up with solutions that feel like they're quality to you and out in production from start to finish.
1: So our listeners might be familiar with the brand, but can you tell us the backstory on Custom Inc.?
0: Yeah, Custom Inc. is located in Fairfax there. I think they're about the third company I've worked for that uh, during my programming career. And just what an amazing place. We basically do t-shirts, but it's much more than that. It's a lot of custom apparel. And it's interesting because we're a very big company and there's a lot of things to engineer at this company. Uh, I would say, uh, I remember one time being at a meetup that was hosted by AWS and they had t-shirts to give out. And of course they gave out t-shirts that were bought through us. And they described custom Inc. as the AWS for t-shirts. And there's a lot of logistics that go around when taking an order, getting it printed and getting it out the door. and um, I've loved working for Custom Inc. I love the engineering that we do here. It's a great place.
1: What is the day in the life of a Custom Ink developer? Do you work on a specific team? And I assume that everyone who's working at Custom Inc. probably has excellent t-shirt collections.
0: Yeah, we do become sort of uh, the, uh, like we are snobs on which t-shirts we like. Uh, I'm not gonna say brand names and, and try to push one brand versus the other, but we definitely have certain types of apparel that we like better than others um there are different fire teams though like there's half of the company that's sorted around being operational that might have to do with the logistics of how shirts are ordered uh what distribution centers they go to to all types of sort of uh, things that go automated on the printing and the production of the shirts there's also the e-commerce department which i spend most of my time on which is everything that you can imagine from the product team to the email marketing that would need to be done for uh you know promoting and acquiring orders
1: so I mentioned at the top of the episode that you organize the area's Ruby user group. Why do you continue to invest so much time into the Ruby and Rails community?
0: I love Rails. It's uh, it was my first language that I learned. Um, I sort of have almost a Stockholm language uh, for every language that I get into. If I'm uh, writing Objective C or Swift, uh, I will love the type system. If I'm writing Node or JavaScript, I'll I'll love callbacks or async and await. Uh, I love each language for what it has to offer, but Ruby being my first language has a a closeness and a fondness and just a a proficiency that I think is unparalleled in most any other language. And I try to share that in the Norfolk area. There's a lot of uh, newcomers. My favorite joke is that Hampton Roads is the largest small town you'll ever live in. And my goal is to help as many people as I can uh, find their passion in programming uh, hopefully with a little bit of Ruby in there as well and uh, and learn to follow the same things that I've tried to do.
1: I love that and I'm sure the all those newcomers and the people who already love Ruby appreciate that in your area. So let's dive into Lambie, which is a simple Rails and AWS Lambda integration using Rack. What is the goal of the project?
0: So I think let me think back a little bit to how Custom makes starts and where we are as an application shop. Uh, Traditionally, like most companies, I think we've been around uh, for 20 years now and a lot of our application stack started with one or two big large monolithic applications. The great thing I like about custom ink and engineering here is is that we're starting to break apart our monolith in ways that make sense for our business rather than starting out with services first. Uh, We've been a Ruby shop for uh, as much, most likely, I think we were the first company that had a large Rails app in production. So maybe we're like the GitHub of, uh, of t-shirts. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so as we've started to break out a lot of our applications, some of them are Rails, some of them are Ruby, a lot of them are Node. Um, we've had this desire, we've been experimenting with Lambda over the years, and we've had a lot of success with it. And my goal for looking at the Lambda project was, is what would it look like? And is it even possible to get Rails inside of Lambda?
1: So we've had the creator of Jets on the show. Why did you decide your, to roll your own solution instead of trying to repurpose Jets for what you needed it to do?
0: Uh that's a good question. So first and foremost, like huge respect to anybody that does any type of open source software. Uh, I always like to try to, when I talk about projects, uh, sometimes I might be critical of them or sound like I'm sort of saying like one's bad or good or not, and that's never my intent, right? So like I decided not to use Jets Uh, It looks like an amazing piece of software. Uh, Frankly, the time that that engineer or engineers have put into that project are just amazing and bewilder me. Um, What I found was is that when I approached the software, that I found that I had to learn jets and not the cloud. So one of the things that I think is going to be happening a lot for Ruby developers or JavaScript developers or mainly all of us is that we're going to start to learn to program the cloud more versus just the language that we've been comfortable in and not throwing like your application over the wall to an operations department. Um, So as I was learning to program the cloud, I found that learning jets was hard to do because I had to learn a lot of the stuff that it did for me in the cloud, specifically with AWS.
1: Okay, so let me repurpose that in a different way. You believe that as Ruby developers, that as we progress, as the years go by, it will almost become a requirement that developers will need to understand Amazon Web Services, Azure, Google Cloud, in order to advance our applications.
0: Absolutely. I think that uh, back in the day, we kind of had this feeling with Heroku, where you were able to take your application right through up to production and maybe with a few clicks of the mouse, uh, you know, get your provisioned uh, Postgres instances. Uh, if you need a memcache, you can go right into the marketplace and get it. That feeling is gonna come back again, I think for Rails developers and a lot more people, but just in these, uh, in these regions with the cloud provider. So whether that be Azure or AWS, and then it's gonna be more about knowing those systems really well. well. When to pick DynamoDB, when to pick Aurora or MySQL, uh, what event notification system to use. And we're gonna be programming those systems much more frequently, I think, and making application decisions uh, with regards to those systems.
1: I completely agree with you because Rails used to have the reputation of only being for small applications. And as the Rails project continues to grow and mature, you know, Rails can scale. You heard it here, folks, Rails can scale. And at that point, it becomes very expensive to be on these hosts platforms. And so it is a requirement that you need to learn these platforms where you need to have these DevOps skills in order to scale that application out for high upload.
0: Absolutely. In fact, I think one of our 757RB members, she uh, uh, a lot of her projects that she got as a new engineer doing consultancy gigs was actually saying, hey, we've got this Rails application. We want to get it off of Heroku and into AWS. Uh, so I see a lot of rescue projects where they have to move off of Heroku as well.
1: And unfortunately, that's not easy. There is really not a one-click deploy to move something from Heroku to AWS. A lot of tooling has come out, but AWS is its own ecosystem, and it, it does take some time to be able to understand it.
0: Yeah. So to, to kind of close the point on the, the question, I took a look at Jets. and um, I was amazed by how much of the infrastructure it would set up for me. In AWS, you have this thing called uh, AWS Stacks, which are cloud formation sort of packages of the resources that it creates up. And there's a lot that that project does for you in cloud formation. And in fact, I, um, I felt like I couldn't make a decision on saying, okay, like what if my rails app was a microservice that had no front end, uh, what if my rails app was front end based and needed assets or what if I needed another rails app that was on my but I really wanted to author this one and sort of, um, um, maybe DynamoDB or something like that. And I felt like every question that I asked really forced me to read a lot of source code of the JETS project or edge cases. And I was learning more about JETS and not about the cloud.
1: That makes sense. So what are the benefits of targeting React for Lambda?
0: Well, uh, Lambda is basically function as a service. So that means that it all comes down to one method call. So whether you're doing Node, Python or Ruby, the Lambda handler requires that you implement one method, and what you do inside of that one method is your business. It occurred to me that, uh, thankfully to some people at AWS that shared projects uh, on how to get Sinatra apps running on uh, the new Ruby runtimes, that Rack is that one single highline point of where you can interface with your with your Rails app. And most engineers that have played around with Rails, like you'll go into the Rails console, and there's like, you can type in app or helper dot. Your application is available in the console. You can send it messages, you can send it routes, and that config.ru file that's at the root of it on how it allows, say, passenger or other uh, uh, HTTP runtimes to interface with it, all boils down to one rack method. So I, I took some time, I learned that, And basically, that's what sort of spawned the Lambie project was uh, just focusing on that one method, that rack integration.
1: So how are you using Lambie at Custom Inc.?
0: So we haven't started using it at Custom Inc. for production apps yet. Basically the project came to maturity about maybe about four or five weeks ago. So it's very much in its infant stages. What we're looking to do is to find which part of our application structures that we'd like to move from EC2 onto Lambda. Uh, we have success with Lambda, and I think the the thing that we really want to use Lambda for is our new projects that feel like they're a good fit. So I think Lambda's primary audience is your person that wants to start a small business. Maybe you're at a public hackathon. That could be a hackathon for civic hacking or for your business, or maybe at projects like Ruby for Good where you just need to work on something for uh, some sort of a uh, small organization that might need the assistance using Lambie and getting a rails application on Lambda allows you to basically prove out your business idea and then take it to an infinite scalability. And that's what we're looking to do here with it at custom Inc is whether it be in our hackathons or our small business ideas uh, with our business development and creative teams, we're looking to use Lamby as a way to sort of get code out quickly Take the advantages that Rails gives us for conventions and web applications, ship them fast, and then if need be, scale them fast.
1: That makes a lot of sense. We're going to take a short break to hear a word from our sponsor. OSCON has been ground zero to find out what you need to be in the know about the open source community for 20 years. Because software development now is essentially open source, we've expanded the OSCON program focus to examine what is driving software development forward today. Unlike other conferences, we cover open source projects, no matter their origin or affiliation. Our program solely focuses on projects in areas of innovation, including AI, infrastructure, blockchain, edge computing, architecture, and emerging languages. You'll hear from industry heavyweights like Holden Corral from Google, Rupert Deshier from CodeChix, Julian Simon from AWS, and Allison McCauley from Unblock Future. You'll have a chance to network with experts and peers at many of the events OzCon offers, including author book signings, speed networking, Ignite OzCon, and our Better Together Diversity Networking Lunch. Prices start at just 9 25 when you register before April 19th. Listeners to the Ruby on Rails podcast can get 25% off most passes to OzCon when you go to ozcon.com ruby and use the code ruby20 during registration. Thank you to OzCon for sponsoring the show. And we're back. So Ken, were there any hurdles that you had to overcome as you built out Lambie?
0: Yeah, I think the general idea is knowing where to stop writing code. Um, I've always liked writing open source projects where I try to solve one small problem. And with Lambie, that problem was trying to figure out where and how much code I should write or basically how not to become sort of jets in a way. Uh, Basically I stopped writing code at the Rack integration so the cool thing that I like is is that the integrate your new or existing Rails app within Lambie you have to write one file at the root of your project called app.rb and essentially it might have a half a dozen or a dozen lines of code in that and technically that's the integration point. Um, so that challenge of just knowing where to stop and then pick up after that is write the documentation for people on which edge cases they might hit after that.
1: I agree. Documentation is always the hardest part. I feel in releasing an open source project. So I give you a lot of props for doing that. Lambie is very well written. So, um, with the arrival of rail six, really any minute, uh, have you tested Lambie against rail six and if not, what is your upgrade plan?
0: I have not. Uh, I'm really excited about Rails 6 because I hear it has incredible benchmarks on it. But the um, I have successfully used Lambie with a, a, a large internal project as a proof of concept where I migrated it over to Lambie, and that was a Rails 5 project. And because Rack doesn't change, I don't suspect there's anything that's going to break. The, the integration layer is so small, uh, the concerns that would break something are less about Rails, and it's more about the Rack specification. So um, I would be more worried if you were using Rack uh, in ways that I haven't anticipated, so maybe with WebSockets or something like that. But uh, as far as Rails versions go, uh, old or new, uh, Lamby should work just fine.
1: That's excellent. So I saw on the project page that you're utilizing GitHub projects to manage Lamby, which I think is fantastic because we really could see uh, you working towards an MVP. So how can our listeners get started with using Lamby contributing to it?
0: That's a great point. So I'm not done with the... Uh, what I'd like to do is to take the all the documentation that's on GitHub and it's filed in Issues right now and move them over to a new product website uh, that basically allows people to know what the gem is, how to install it, and then in a way that's more sort of familiar than just going through GitHub Issues and reading what looks like comments uh, documentation and just put those up on the product site. So if people want to get started with it, Uh, The README, right at the root of the project, is a great place to do that. Uh, I try to break out the documentation from links on that, and really you can get up and running with Lambie, uh, assuming your Rails project is uh, portable to AWS, i.e., I've taken on no responsibility for figuring out how you run Postgres or MySQL or anything like that, Uh, but assuming you write like a, a basic Rails app, it only takes maybe about a half an hour or so to get started.
1: That's great. I have a application that I maintain at work that would be the perfect candidate for this. So I'm definitely going to be giving it a try.
0: That would be a great.
1: So I have to end it with this. Why many tests? Uh,
0: well, um, um, when I was a new engineer and I was learning how to write code, I didn't like to read documentation on how to write tests, right? I, I, I get this question a lot too from new engineers They'll look at maybe say the rspec book and again i'm not uh i don't want to throw shade on anybody that has put a lot of work into a a really fabulous product but i um i only have so much brain power and i dedicate that brain power to trying to solve real problems and real value to the programs users that i'm making the software for so um i i've just not been a fan of uh of anything complicated. I think a a good friend of mine on the Rails core team at one time, Sean Griffin, he told me that, um, you know, we have this thing in program we call dry. Don't repeat yourself. And it's easy in all places of software, including some test frameworks to where you can make things so dry they chafe. And my goal is to not be clever when it comes to testing.
1: I like that perspective. So, Ken, how can our listeners follow what you are up to?
0: Well, the Lambie project's on GitHub. It's under uh, Custom Inc's domain. So you could search for Lambie. uh, That might get some good Google results. But I think if you just went to uh, github.com slash custom inc slash Lambie, L-A-M-B-Y, the project is there. Uh, Take a look at it, file an issue, ask me questions. uh, If you feel like you can help out uh, with maybe some of our generator code that we'd like to do for the application setup, that would be great.
1: Great, and how can our listeners follow you on Twitter and GitHub?
0: Uh, I'm at Metaskills on pretty much everything from Xbox to Twitter and GitHub. So M E T A S K I L L S.
1: link all of that up in the show notes. Thank you for all of your work on Lambie, Ken. Listeners, be sure to give Lambie a try. Next week, Nick will be back with a RailsConf recap discussion. Cheers.
0: Thank you.